welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is that good guy, Court Winsett. Hey, Katie. <laughs> so, we're excited to have you guys back today. We are talking about good and bad, specifically debt. And you may be going, you know, what, there's such a thing as good debt? Is well, there such a thing as good debt, Katie? <laughs> we'll hold tight, because we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but really, it's... There's been this discussion about everything is not black and white. You don't have everything labeled perfectly into good or bad. There's a lot of gray area. There is a lot of gray area. And especially with debt. But really, let's talk about pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, society or movies or TV shows may, may tell us they're a good guy or they're a bad guy. But you flip it around or you look in a different way or get a different opinion. And that good guy may actually be a little bad or vice versa. They're really just shades of gray. Shades of gray, but not 50 shades of gray. We're not going there. 50 shades of gray. Oh, come on. No. But I mean, he, that, he was a conflicted character okay. too. So <laughs> what we're going to do for our top five this week is uh, top five conflicted characters from pop culture. Katie, give me your top five. Number one, Alphaba or Wicked Witch of the West. You know, you may know her from the Wizard of Oz side of it and then from the Broadway play Wicked. Mm -hmm. And it was, she wasn't evil. She actually was a very compassionate person. Her father hated her. Her, She was blamed for her mother's death. But really, she was an advocate for animal rights. And it was Madame Morville who was controlling the storyline and telling everybody that she was wicked. But really, Glinda and Oz were just being a little shady. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and number two. You love him, Ferris Bueller from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's a, he's of course Ferris Bueller is a good guy though. Oh, I mean yes, we love him, but he's he's a, a little bit of bad guy <laughs> because he is making the principal's life heck. I mean he's out of school so much that the principal's now gonna be in trouble showing how much he's been out of school. He's lying to his parents. He's you know getting his sister in trouble with doing things. He's getting all these people around the community to raise money for him. He's getting his best friend in trouble. By taking his dad's car out. His dad's classic Ferrari. Classic, yes. All so he could have a day off. Ah, well, okay. You make a good point. I still love you, Ferris, though. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Maleficent. This is another one that, thankfully to Hollywood, it helps with the backstory. Okay. So, this is a strong example of do not cross a very strong woman. (laughs) Because she was heartbroken. Uh, Aurora's dad, they were... Together when she was younger, he cut off her wings and she's just upset with him. And when he becomes king, he cares for, she cares for Aurora, but she's really just trying to protect the forest and all the other fairies. <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, number four, Eric from uh, Billy Madison. No, I'm sorry. Eric <laughs> is just a jerk. Straight up, Eric is a jerk. We all see it because we love Billy so much, but look at it from Eric's side. He has worked his way up the ladder. He has gotten the degrees. on the heads of all sorts of other people, surely. But he's obviously a good worker, and that's how he's gotten to where he is in the company. And so all of a sudden, this snot comes in who just happens to have the same blood as, you know, the owner of the company. And he's going to be able to get this if he can just pass high school. I understand why Eric went a little crazy, because... I mean, he should have been the choice. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, the, the, I can, I can understand your argument that maybe Billy shouldn't, but Eric should. No, I don't. I'm not buying it. He was, he was a manipulative huckster, jerk face. And my last one uh, would be from Les Mis. 
Javert. Bull, of course. <laughs> Finally something I can get on board with you about. Javert <laughs> and, was just, he was just a, a, he was law enforcement. He was just trying to do his job. He was trying to make sure that Jean Valjean paid for his crime and maybe, took care of it. That's all he was he doing. Maybe he went a little overboard. Maybe he took it a little too far. He, he it's a did. a little obsessive. Maybe little, a little, little bit, but it's, you know, he wanted to close the case. He wanted to be done with it. Maybe he was a little bit like Captain Ahab, a little bit white whale there, a little <laughs> obsessive with the whole search for Jean Valjean. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, he was really just doing his job. He was on the, the side of right. Jean Valjean broke a, a, a few laws. Yes. So. But again, it just shows you it's all in perspective and how you look at it. So I want to hear your five. Okay. Well, my five are obviously, uh, you know, Everybody will not be able to help but agree with me on mine. Uh, number one, Johnny Lawrence from Karate Kid. He he was just a he was just a, a high school kid. He was going along. He had a great life, and then some punk from New Jersey comes in and ruins his life. And then ultimately, he gets beaten in a karate contest because Danny decides to use an illegal move and kick to the face. I mean, who who in the world would allow that? It's ridiculous. Johnny got <laughs> robbed. Hashtag Johnny got robbed. Uh, number two, Anakin Skywalker. He is clearly a good guy who just who, who happens to get ripped from the arms of his mother at a very young age by a group of weird monks who carry around laser swords just so they can carry him laser off to swords. some other planet where he never sees his mom again and train train him in their ways in their really really harsh like overly requiring sacrifices. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> Anybody would go crazy and maybe, you know, pull out a laser sword and hurt some people. He Lightsaber. Okay, whatever. He, he, I mean, in the end, he came to see the error of his ways. So obviously. On his God. deathbed. Well, you know, he lost his wife. He lost his wife okay, in childbirth. Okay, you've convinced me. You've convinced okay, me. all right. Uh, number three. Khan from Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. I mean, this guy, again, talk about losing your wife. He gets stranded on a planet by Kirk, who everybody knows is just an egotistical, you know, just, uh, there's nobody more <laughs> egotistical than Captain Kirk. I'm sorry. Uh, it gets stranded on a planet by Captain Kirk, and then he loses his wife, and then 15 years later, he gets picked up from the planet, and he's got a little revenge on his mind. You, you can't fault a guy for that. So, uh, yeah. you know... Uh, I'd like to see what you would do if that happened to you. Number four, Gregory House, MD. I mean, I this love guy, House. he is such an amazing jerk, but he also, you, you, he's, he's suffering from some physical problems that, that, you know, would make anybody grouchy. And, uh, and not only that, but he's, he's brilliant and you gotta like somebody who's brilliant and he always gets the job done. He always, he always solves the issue in the end of the episode. So, you know. I give him props. Uh, if you want to, if you want to be a little grumpy, that's basically all he is. At the end of the day, he's a little grumpy, you know, just <laughs> like you some days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and number five, finalistly, fi finalistly, number five. That's finally, a new word. Can put it in the book. <laughs> yes, uh, Thanos. Um, obviously, Thanos was just looking out for the universe. I mean, you, uh, you talk uh, about. Mm. I mean, you talk about aspirations. <laughs> this is a guy who really wanted to save the entire universe. And all he was asking was for, you know, 50% of the population to sacrifice itself. I don't think it's asking too much to save the universe. 
So, uh, you, you know, uh, motivation is obviously good. Uh, were, were his tactics necessarily the best? Well, it, you know, everybody's going to die someday anyway, so why not You now? question me about Eric from Billy Madison. You have... Oh, no. Venus, no! I mean, the, all the dude wants to do is save the universe and then retire to a green, green meadow. Um, come on. Uh, who's, who, who can fault him for that? Psychopath. Okay, whatever. That's my five. Let's move on to our topic. Let's talk about debt, baby. Okay. Let's talk about good and bad. <laughs> okay, let, debt. The other scary word. You know, we told you about budget, the real scary word. Now that you got debt. The yes. other scary word. So tell me what is debt, Katie? All right, debt's simple. You have made an arrangement that you want something, and so you're going to borrow money from someone, wherever it may be, and you're making an agreement that you will pay it back in a certain period of time, and there may be an interest, a fee tacked to it for you having this money borrowed. Okay, so um, that answers the question, what is debt? Uh, how about the question... Is it okay to have debt? Yes. So there's a lot of programs out there that try and say zero debt, no debt. And, you know, here nor there, that works maybe for some people, but we're trying to be real world. And in the real world, people have to have debt. They can't avoid it. It's something that, look at it as that. If you need to buy a car or a house do you have $30,000 laying around? Exactly. Do you yeah. have $30,000 sitting in your back pocket or, you know, under your mattress or something like that? So, I mean, we're we're taking we're we're sort of an advanced placement course here. You know, the simple message would be to break it down into black and white and say debt is bad. It's debt is in the black column. It's bad. It's always bad. You just you should have no debt. But that's kind of oversimplifying it. Mm-hmm. So, we're 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 again, we're living in that gray area. The debt can be good. It can be bad. It really depends. There's Court's favorite word. It depends. And this episode is really all about Court's phrase of it depends. Mm -hmm. Real people have to have debt in order to have the things they need in life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Common debt that you may think about. Mortgage, car, credit cards, medical, personal loans. Home equity loans. Yeah. Small business loans. 401k loans, mm-hmm. cash advances, all of those. Yeah. Well, some of those aren't necessarily good. Or we would prefer that you avoid them at, at all costs. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of that debt can be useful. It, it can be a, a good thing. It can help you achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you take on some debt, it's just a question of how much debt can you take on? How much debt should a person take on? So we've kind of come up with a number. I know we've, we've before given you in episodes the templates for doing your budget and figuring out where your income and expenses are coming from. So the number we've got is 43%. What What is that? Debt to income ratio. Yes. 43%. Your debt should not equal more than 43% of your income. In other words, you should not be committing more than 43% of your pay, mm-hmm. however you get that pay. You should not be committing more than 43% of that to, quote unquote, debt service. In other words, you should not be committing more than 43% to paying off your debt on a monthly basis. And I want to stress, you said more than. 
or up to 43%. Yeah. So this does not mean that you need to go, oh, I only have 10% debt. I need to get to 43%. No, 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 no. no friends. We're not telling you to go into more debt. We're just saying <laughs> that you, you, the upper limit of the amount of debt you should have is 43%. It's okay to have debt. It's okay to, to not have debt, but it is okay to have debt. Um, you just, your upper limit should be about 43% of your income. So with that, when we've got, we're working with the 43% right now. Everything really is to the, it depends. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at debt, when we're trying to figure out how debt plays a role in your life, it really is a, it depends. It depends on what interest rates you may get. It depends on what the loan is actually for, what purpose it's serving. And it's all about, yes, you may have a great, loan opportunity, but if you already got 20 other loans, then that may not be the best option. Yeah. So we're kind of going to break down again. We've talked about the different kinds of loans out there that you may have common and look at them individually. But remember, this is all a whole big pizza. We're just taking one little slice at a time to talk about it. But before you can really decide if it's good or bad for you specifically, it's got to be step back and look at the whole picture. Yeah. So uh, big picture, 43%. Now, narrowing in, this is all about good debt versus bad debt. Is there such a thing as good debt? Is there such a thing as bad debt? And we said, well, there's a gray area. It depends. But there are those debts that we say are the ones to be avoided at all costs. You know, the monumental bad debt kind of thing. The the Yeah, those last resorts, mm-hmm. you know, Try not to ever do this. And those are those cash advance loans, those borrowing from your retirement account, your 401k loans, mm-hmm. and those payday loans. And yeah. you know, I guess that's getting you an advance on your paycheck. Try and stay away from those loans. Those really are the last resort. So if you're going to one of those uh, check check for cash places, or I, I can't even remember the names of all the places, that, but you see commercials for them all the time. If you're going to a place like that, they're, they're basically loaning you money on money that you're going to get on your next paycheck, and they're going to charge you an exorbitant amount of interest. And you're effectively, you've already consigned a huge portion of your paycheck uh, of that income that we talk about to, to debt. So you're incurring debt against income you haven't, as soon as you get your paycheck, you're already, you know, you're already owing that money to somebody. Yeah. And so much of it is making sure that you have this understanding when you're looking at debt of what your other expenses are, because mm-hmm. this is a big piece of it. Now, what about that? You, we also mentioned the uh, the the loan against your retirement account. What is mm-hmm. that? I, that is where you can actually, the money you're growing for retirement that you're putting away mm-hmm. for when hopefully one day you retire, you've got the option to take a loan from that, but then you've, you've got to pay it back. It's a loan. Mm-hmm. And so while that's your money, you're hurting yourself because that money can't grow then. That is not in there for you to grow to have that nest egg when you retire. And you're going to have to put in way more money to get back to the point where you were before you took out the loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, to, th- to make up the difference yeah. of the loss. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. So the first loan a lot of people, I think, you know, immediately think about is buying a house. And so much of it is when you go actually talk to a banker and we're going to do episode all about house buying, but um, they want to know your debt to income ratio mm-hmm. and which we talked about. And that is where you look at this house, figure out what you want, figure out what works for your family. The rule of thumb, no more than 36% of your monthly gross income 
should be your mortgage. Well, that's almost that's almost all the the forty three percent right there. <laughs> You're getting smart over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if yeah, looking at that, jumping ahead, it's. If you've got a mortgage at 36% and you're using all the way up to that, then you don't have much left for other debt. So everything, again, everything that we're saying is up to 36%. Mm-hmm. You don't have to max it out. You don't have to max out the maximum allowable debt that you could possibly afford and that banks would possibly allow you to have. If you can if you can live in a house and, and a house meets your needs that is not going to put you that far into debt, then obviously by far you you know get a get a little less house. Yeah, exactly. That's how it changes from you know mortgage debt being good or bad. Is it it's a good debt if it's a house in your means and it's something that you can afford and it fits into your budget. It's, interest rates. Don't yeah, forget interest rates. Exactly. All of it plays in. It's all about your interest rates and what it is and that you can find lock in that great rate. But it's going to be bad if you've got a terrible interest rate, or if you're buying a house that is way more than you can afford, Mm -hmm. that's where it kind of turns bad on you. But again, it's looking at the whole picture. Next one would be car loans. A lot lot of people hate car loans. They do. And most everybody has this mentality of like, get rid of it. I don't want a car loan at all. But again, this one is something, it's very much, you know, good or bad. Well, uh, well, why do people, I guess, why do people first, what's what's bad about a car loan? So it's a depreciating asset. A de- what does that mean? So it means that it's going down in value. The longer you, so when you hold a house, a lot of times you may see that your, your value has gone up because there's a school that's been built near your house. Mm-hmm. And so it's adding more value or you've done some home improvements that made it more valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. If you put a new scent in your car or you put a new CD in or whatever it may be, you're never scent. going to, I don't a know, make it smell better. I put air freshener in. My car value is going up. I wash it every day. It doesn't matter. For the exception of like crazy classic cars, your car, as soon as you drive it off that lot, it's a depreciating value. It just goes down. Okay. It will never be as valuable as the day you bought it. So people don't want to buy that new car and take out that that auto loan because they, you know, you're taking out debt against something that's going to drop in value the second you drive it off the lot. Does that make sense then? Well, the thing is most all of us unless you live in a city that is predominantly walking, you need a car. You need a car to get to work, to take your family, you know, take kids to school, whatever it may be. You mm-hmm. need this. And so that's where it's, you know, looking at it in a different way that Yes, getting a loan on a car is something that you you hate to do because it is a depreciating asset, but it's something that you need. Again, get the Subaru, don't get the, you know, Mercedes, the Porsche, something like that. Get a car that's within your means, that works for you, and the biggest thing is the interest rate. And, you you know, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of other things you can take into consideration uh, to sort of help help mitigate that 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 issue about the de- it being a depreciating asset. You know, you can find cars that hold their value better. So mm-hmm. do your research. You don't have to start with a new car. You can start with a used car where a lot of that loss of value from just driving it off the lot is already, you know, somebody else has already taken that hit. Yeah. So if you can find a used car at a good price that really holds its value and you can get a good interest rate, then it makes sense for you to get that vehicle if it's within your means. And if it doesn't exceed that 20%, we said? Of yeah, your, yeah, 20% okay. is what we want for cars. Okay, 20% of your of your monthly income maximum. Yep, max. Doesn't exceed that. And um, 
And you consider the fact that this car is going to help you be able to live your life, help you be able to work and earn money. Uh, you know, it, it might be a good decision. For yeah. You. Well, and also a lot of times, I know right now, especially, there's a lot of car places that are offering 0% financing mm-hmm. for up to a period of time. Why would you take money that's your capital that you have? Why would you take extra money out to pay for a car outright rather than taking advantage of 0% financing and get that car, set up that car loan, because you know up until like the 12 months, 18 months, 6 months, whatever it may be, you're not being charged interest for those payments you're making. Yeah, so you're... That's a gift. Yeah, you're using somebody else's money. Yep, other, other people's, people's money. money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, another debt that a lot of people have is student loans. There's a lot of there's a lot of fighting out there right now about student loan debt and forgiving student loan debt and should people take on student loans and so forth. So, uh, is there a, is there a, a black or white answer? Student loans are bad, right? No. Your favorite term. It depends. It depends. It <laughs> depends. Yeah, it depends on uh, it depends on several things. It depends on whether you're well, I guess, how much are you taking out? But just like everything else, you know, we, we're going to give you a number. We're going to tell you student loans shouldn't be more than 10% of mm-hmm. your income. The difference with student loans, though, is it's not 10% of whatever you're making now, especially if you're a student, you may not be making anything or you may be delivering pizzas on the side to try and make ends meet. But that's not what's important What's in, because you're not going to pay back your student loans right now yeah. either. You don't pay back your student loans until after you're done with school. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about when we say 10%, student loans should not be more than 10% of your anticipated income. So we're talking about what you're going to be making down the road. So what are you taking the student loan out for? You're, you're taking it out so you can go to school so you can become blank. Mm-hmm. And the answer to that blank, that whatever you're going to put in that blank, that will tell you how much money you should be borrowing for your student loans because you can say, well, I want to be a doctor. So I have to, to go to undergraduate and major in biology and then I have to go to med school and then I will get out and I will be a doctor and I will make X amount of money. It's that X amount of money down the road eight years from now or 10 years from now after you do your residency and a fellowship and so on and so forth. That's the that's the income that you want to look at to figure out this is how much I can take out in student loans now because this is how much I'll be able to pay later. So it's you you approach it a little differently than you do your mortgage or your car loan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Those are you're looking at right now. But remember, student loans is looking at future. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. We talked earlier when we talked about, okay, it's okay to take out a loan if you're going to buy a car, if the car is going to help you work and earn money. Mm-hmm. You know, we gave you the guidelines for how you can decide, but you know, the student loan is kind of the same thing. If you're taking out a student loan because you're going to get a, a, a degree that's going to help you earn money down the road, then you're taking out a loan that's going to help you in the future. And so it's okay to do that. Now, one of the reasons that student loans are getting such a bad rap is because kids go off to Harvard and major in underwater basket weaving. Yep. And, you know, that's that's not a good, you know, if you go to Harvard and you are a philosophy major at Harvard, you're going to get a first rate. Believe me, I know somebody who graduated from Harvard with a philosophy degree and they are brilliant and they got a first rate philosophy education. 
But you really need to look at the whole picture and say, you know, we started this whole student loan part about your favorite phrase of it depends. We're going to end it with mine of make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. So make sure before you take those student loans out that you've done your research, you've figured out what the career path is, what that future money could be with this education you're getting and make sure that it all adds up that what you're putting yourself into debt right now, you're going to be able to handle when you get out of school. Yeah. We've taken 36% for our house, 20% for our car, 10% for our student loans. We're at 66%. 66. So obviously, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's a lot more than 43%. So each one of those numbers that we gave you is the maximum level of debt for that particular type of loan that we recommend. But uh, obviously, if you're taking 36% of your income toward and putting that towards your mortgage, then you can't take 20% toward a car and 10% towards student loan debt because you, you know, you, you've already got most of your 43% taken up. Well, yeah. And the thing is, is those were just three. Yeah. So- we, we haven't even talked about that. There are some, some, you know, those are mortgage especially is probably like if there's really such a thing as good debt then you know mortgage is a good debt you know taking out a loan to start a business that would probably be you know if if the business if you've got a good business model and you think you're really going to be able to make some money with this business then that would be debt that you know that's good yeah again with Um, the the small business loan you look at it like with the student loans it's gonna have to pay off in the end game, it's mm-hmm. going to have to look at it long term. Is it going to generate you? Is it going to generate you income? And if so, you know, okay, great. Well, one of the things I've thought of that I've really didn't look at it this way before is the personal loan, the HELOC, the home equity line of credit. Mm-hmm. And that to me, I, I've heard of it in terms of you take this out because you want to build a pool or you want to remodel the bathrooms or something like that. And so again, it's it could be good if it's building value to your house. Or, you know, if you're trying to put something, if you're trying to put like a basketball court in your basement or something, that eh, maybe look at it a little bit. So that in itself is good or bad. But then there's the other thing of some people take these out to consolidate credit card debt. So they're taking another debt to help with to help the get other rid of debt. That credit card debt. Yeah. So uh, home equity line of credit, what that, what that breaks down to mean is. Uh, when you buy a house for two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, if you put twenty thousand dollars down, then you owe the bank one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. So immediately you have twenty thousand dollars in equity, mm-hmm. right? So you've got the mortgage for um, one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. If you could, you could potentially go to a bank and say, "I would like a home equity line of credit." And they say, "Okay, how much equity do you have?" And you say, "I've got twenty thousand dollars." And they say, "Okay, well, we'll give you." A loan for ten thousand, mm-hmm. uh, so that you're get you're they are secured against that 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 equity that you have. They they have that you're going to basically tell them, okay, first, I, if I if I default on all my loans, then the first person that that gets money from my house is the bank that I owe the mortgage to, mm-hmm. and then the home equity line of credit bank, they're going to be the second people. So they're going to come in. The banks are going to come in. I can't pay you guys. I'm sorry. They're going to come in. They're going to say, okay, well, we're going to take your house and sell it. And then we're going to use the money that we get to pay off our mortgage that you owe us. And then the home equity line of credit guys are going to go. And we're going to use whatever's left over to pay off the, the money that you owe us from your HELOC. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that that's why it's called a, a home equity line of credit. Because it's it's based on how much equity you have in your house. 
Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to I wanted to throw that out there because a, a HELOC or even saying something like equity line of credit is really kind of jargony. So I might have gotten a little too much in the weeds, but uh, well, hey. no. And I mean, it's it kind of gives you revolving credit, which we usually hear mm-hmm. that term around credit cards. But it's yeah. where you've got that money that you can use that you pre set up with the bank to have this. Um, but again, it's it's is it good or bad based on how it fits in with you. Mm-hmm. It's a good tool to have if you do have these projects you need that money to help with. Um, and in, in the instance of trying to help with other debt, again, it's it, it can really help m- combine it all and mm-hmm. make it a simple, you have one thing that you're paying your credit card debt from, but that's a whole thing of, you need to make sure you're changing the habits to make sure it's not a recurring issue. Yeah, and you know there are other considerations, but we'll we'll get into those when we talk about mortgages and uh, and HELOCs specifically in another episode. Um, but th- there are other things like uh, you know tax considerations and so on and so forth. This is just that overall glance. So I guess we should probably move because you you brought up credit cards and and before but before we talk, I guess we should probably we love slamming on credit cards. So before we talk about credit cards, let's talk about one other major kind of debt that people encounter. And that's medical debt. Oh, yeah. And you know, you want to talk about a debt that you just can't help but take on. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else in your life you might be able to plan for, but you can't plan for medical. You can't plan for medical. You don't know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, that is a debt that, you know, it's Unfortunate that it happened, but it's something you do have to deal with. If yeah. somebody gets really sick or anything like that, you have to take on those medical bills to make sure that you're not, that you're still able to pay your bills and you're not negatively affected, that you set up some kind of program that you will pay these back over time. Yeah. And so I guess the the, the main point that I, the main reason that I bring that up is because, again, it just it sort of reinforces the idea that this isn't black and white. You, you know, debt isn't always good. It isn't always going to be for a great reason. But it, it may be sometimes that it is just simply unavoidable, and you can't you can't spend a lot of time gnashing your teeth over those decisions. If they have to be made, they have to be made. You just have to adjust other areas of your life to accommodate. For yeah, them. it does not make you a bad person if you have a lot of debt. You need someone to help you really figure out. How's the best way to attack it? Yeah. How can you get yourself into a better, you know, that 43% of debt? Right. And so finally, we come back to uh, the, the the debt that we always discuss, and that's credit cards. Credit cards. Absolutely. Uh, we're, doing a, we're doing a series because we do like to do our series. We're doing a series on debt. This, uh, this is our kickoff episode for our series on debt. And our next episode will be dedicated to credit cards. Um. But uh, just to touch on them here, like we like to do, uh, credit cards, uh, you're basically agreeing to pay someone an extraordinarily high amount of interest for them to loan you money, unless you pay off your credit card bill at the end of every month. And so if you're you're taking on a debt, theoretically, you're taking on a debt if you spend, if you use a credit card to buy something, you're taking on a debt. Um, but as long as you pay it off within you know, the month that you've, you've used the credit card to take on that debt, you don't owe any interest. Mm -hmm. If you don't pay it off at the end of that month, you're going to owe a lot of interest. And so again, a credit card can be a good debt if you're paying it off. Yeah. If you're on top of it, if you're being, if it can be a bad debt, if you're not paying it off. And there's another element of credit card that we touched on earlier that we said avoided all costs. And that's that cash cash advance. Yeah. You're, there are also credit card companies have all sorts of hidden fees 
usually a higher interest rate um, on cash advances. A lot of times cash advance will be the, the, the last thing they, they let you pay off if you're mm-hmm. paying, if you're trying to pay your credit card off. So that's a, that's a debt that we really, really encourage you to avoid. Um, well, I think we've given everybody a little bit of a taste of, of, of everything, haven't we? I mean, I'm sure there are some debts that we haven't covered, but that's that for us, for a starter of, of a, of a series of, of debt related episodes. This, this is a good place to end. Yeah. So, um, that covers our topic for the day. Let's move on to our bullseye. Uh, my bullseye is going to be, you know, debt, good, bad. It's depending on how you use it. And even those that you may think are good, too much good can be a bad thing. And it's all about looking at the whole picture, taking a total look at your life, what these debts are. Are you using it for the right reason? How does it fit in? And making sure you're kind of trying to stay around that nice percentage we want to be at. Okay. That's your bullseye. I guess for my bullseye, what I'll just say is to sort of try and boil it down to its essential. If there's if there's an answer to the question of our episode, is there such a thing as good debt? What is good debt? What is bad debt? And uh, how do you answer that question? The answer is, ask yourself this. Is the cost of financing whatever it is you're going to finance worth whatever it is you're going to get from that thing that you have brilliant um is is it worth it is what you're going to get from your degree in in medicine worth the amount that you're going to have to pay to pay off the debt and pay off the interest of that debt to get that degree Mm -hmm. or is it worth it with a car or is it is it yeah. worth it? Is it worth it? Look at the future. Don't just look at what you can afford right now. Look at look at what it's going to get you over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And is it worth it down the road to do it now? And then obviously always keep that 43% in mind. Yes. No more than up to, that doesn't mean you have to max yourself out, but no more than that 43% for, for all of your debt. If you can help it. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you enjoyed yourself and you haven't subscribed yet, please go to your favorite subscription service and subscribe. If you'd like to find out more about Katie and more about me, uh, find out more about our podcast, you can go to our podcast website at bullcastpodcast.com. Leave us a comment there. Suggest an episode topic if you have something you'd like to hear about. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And the same goes for Instagram. We're posting pictures on Instagram all the time. They're usually of us. So if you want to look at pictures of us, you certainly may. That's uh, at Bullcast Podcast as well. And finally, Katie and I mentioned on uh, occasion that we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. You can find out more about Pickler Wealth Advisors at the site PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. That should give you plenty to do for the time being. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And that's all she wrote.